thank you here to give a tribute to our friend Bob Lemke, who's been uh, gone almost five years now. It would have been 70-ish. So we're going to look forward to giving honor to a hobby pioneer, a hobby icon, somebody that really helped helped uh, build the industry. But thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comsey.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Tribute to Bob Lemke, his good friend T.S. O'Connell. I don't think Rich and I were worthy adversaries because I never really thought we were fully competitors as much as we were doing some similar things. He had a commitment to excellence as we did. So T.S., welcome to the show. And and tell us about your friend, Bob, that you knew better than we did, because you knew him as a friend and you were on the same side of the table as he was in many cases. It's been one of the highlights of my life to have the relationship that I had with Bob Lemke over 40 years because he was involved even when I was a freelancer. But the time I spent with him, especially going to shows and uh, helping him around with his scooter and helping him to navigate what would otherwise be a real challenge for somebody with his physical difficulties. And I wouldn't trade a minute of it. Bob had physical challenges that really stretched to middle age or even before, and they just gradually got worse and worse. Even when I first went to work for him in 93, he would have his ups and downs. And and that was a down period because he was in really tough shape, but he would rally. He was the toughest SOB that I've ever known when it came to dealing with the the things that he had to deal with. I just remember him walking slowly, and then I remember him having a cane, and then at some point he was in a chair. It was chronic things, diabetes among them, but it was just chronic things that piled up, and with age, those things get worse. Boy, he was a strong man. I He was tenacious, and I wasn't sure his workload really decreased in the things he was doing. In the early days, he really had leadership responsibilities in the – chain of command at Krause. Toward the end of his life, he was more of the standard catalog and, and right. he was tenacious with that, really trying to you know push the envelope. Yeah. And that was by design as, as management never suited Bob anyway, the upper level, especially when it edged under the corporate stuff. So he was more than happy to get away from the publisher duties with SCD. And then even before the turn of the century, the emphasis was strictly on the standard catalog and off he went with that. And as you say, he, he did a tremendous job. He was so diligent in searching out stuff. And I should add that it was that work, which added to his creativity late in his career. And then in retirement of making those wonderful cards that never were, I really admire those things. There's only a handful of people in the world that have done these almanac slash standard catalog things. And if it's not a labor of love, it's hard to imagine the number of hours that go into it, people don't know that. You may know that from observing Bob. I know what Rich went through. I know what I went through, but it's very consuming. And to think Bob was doing that at a point when he was not 100% physically just shows his commitment to excellence and desire to really to do something he loved, as I think Rich. I will tell you, one of the amazing things about Bob is he wasn't the first editor of the Standard Catalog. I believe Dan Alpaw was. Yeah. And so. when did Bob decide that, wait a second, this is going to be my project? And you can, having done it, and Jim's done it, you pour so much of yourself into it. When do you think he realized, wait a second, I can pour myself into it? And he was a family man. And he, and God bless him, he always talked about his family and his columns, which was great to see. But you could tell that he really put his life's blood into cataloging. And there's something to be said for that. His columns were such a natural outgrowth of that. He did his his weekly or or biweekly columns. 
and all that stuff then served to to funnel right into the the standard catalog. Before I forget, I want to mention Bob's daughter, Crystal, just was awarded her doctorate in, I think, criminal justice. I just saw the Facebook pictures of her with the the diploma and the gown on. That's his daughter. It's cool. T.S., I thought Dan Alpa retired or, or left. Did that provide an opening for Bob? Did nobody do it? And then Bob said, hey, I could do that. Because Dan was very important in those early days of Krause doing the price. Yeah, but Dan left. He left. Yeah, but Dan left almost at the same time as I got there in 93. Yeah. So well, the, the, the natural left. shifting of all those duties to Bob was perfect. No offense intended, but I got the feeling that Dan burned out because it was such Possibly. a job. And so I can't really speak to it. I didn't know him that that well. But I'm just saying, if that were the case, then it takes a special guy like Bob Lemke to say, I want to jump into this saddle where the previous guy burn out because anybody that followed the hobby had to know that was a huge undertaking. And Bob really took it to the next level for sure. Yeah, but with the things that Bob faced, tackling a standard catalog or anything else would seem like small potatoes. And he had numerous injections to say nothing of a pile of pills, even when he was in his mid fifties that he had to take. I love telling the story of him sitting in a, on a hotel room bed when we're at a, on a show and he's, he's popping his pills and injecting his insulin and then drinking those 40 ounce beers. He, he's, <laughs> he would sit and drink that and eat pretzels while he watched ESPN. If there is a tougher coot around, I don't know him. It would be tough to do one of those big books because those big books are big. Even if you're repeating 98% of the stuff in it, it's still 1,500 pages. It's interesting because now the standard catalog is just a vintage book. No more new yeah. sets in it. Where That's would you put all the new ones? There's not enough trees to chop down. to. <laughs> the cataloging today is so much different. There really aren't central repositories because Krause with the standard catalog, Beckett is, doesn't have as much staff as they used to have. Jim mentioned it was 18 to 7 or something like that on the price guide staff. The new cards coming in are well cataloged. But now everything else, unless it's very lucky, not as well cataloged yeah. with a central repository. We get a lot of stuff at ComC, so we have to figure it out sometimes. But in, Bob in had to figure it out, but at least he would have help. People would write him the information. They might send him the cards. They might send him the information. Yeah, but that was mostly vintage stuff. Am I right in assuming that all this modern stuff is just going to be cataloged online and we'll probably never see a big printed page? Or there couldn't I be enough pages. I, I but think it still does annual books. So we'll still see printed pages as long as they do the annual books. By my assessment, and TS, correct me if you think this is wrong, but I think the standard catalog, as amazing as it was, is his number three contribution to the hobby. I think his number one contribution to the hobby is talking Chet into doing the Baseball Cards magazine and putting it on the national newsstand. His number two contribution, which which really set the tone for the hobby, is acquiring SCD from the Stoneman family. This is before you were there, but those happened pretty quickly in the early 80s. And, and then the hobby really took off after that. I don't think that's a coincidence. Both the first Baseball Card magazine and the acquisition from the Stoneman family are both 1981. They're in that 80, 81, 82. Yeah, in that range. And and it, I won't quibble with your rankings, Jim. It was revolutionary when a national magazine wound up on newsstands back when newsstands were vibrant and suddenly see a magazine about baseball cards. It, it blew people away. 
And as you noted, the, the impact of acquiring SCD probably had as much to do with the incredible success of Krause Publications as a whole as any other unit we ever had. People don't understand that the challenge of doing that. It's uh, like I say, there's a lot of dreamers in the industry, the hobby, but there's only a few doers. And uh, I think I'm a, I'm a doer, not a dreamer, but I did have the dream of what about doing a national newsstand publication? Now, we wound up doing that many years later. And the reason we couldn't do what, what Krause did, what Bob did, is because to put a magazine on the national newsstand without advertising, which our early publications were essentially without advertising, yeah. it, it would have been suicide, but the, the odds of success would have been much lower. Some of the early advertisers in Baseball Cards Magazine did great because all these 100,000 copies going out to the newsstand, and uh, Krause was expert at developing classified and display ads for the hobby. We couldn't do that. I went to a typesetting company and said, hey, what would it cost you to what to, to do this? And they said, you don't want to know. And it's because Krause had the Iola Times or whatever it was, all the, the newspaper equipment to do all the typesetting. And so that was a huge deal. And in the Stoneman family, I wouldn't say it was a smaller version of Chet Krause and the Iola situation, but it was a family-owned, holistic newspapery kind of a thing that fit in nicely as an acquisition. The concept fit nicely. Anyway, even if the much scale different. was much different, but still, yeah. and that helped the hobby take off. Absolutely. Okay. So we get to 94 and you've got the baseball strike. How did that affect Bob Lemke? Because I think he's old school, like we are. That cut the heart out of a lot of baseball fans that this game that we love all of a sudden was at a standstill. And it didn't fully come back. As odd as this sounds, Bob took that development better than I did. He found a resilience and an ability to get some interest in modern cards that I could never really have pulled off. I was always in awe of how he adjusted to the computer age. I want to make sure we touch on his cards that never were, because those are just phenomenal things that he created, probably three, 400 cards that are better than anything any company ever created. Obviously, the small scale private producer, but to see a, a booklet. And after Bob died, I helped arrange his estate in terms of his baseball memorabilia helped put together a catalog of, of his own creation cards, which his daughter Crystal has. It's just phenomenal to see the ones on there. And I'm tickled because I added this 59s and 60s to my actual sets. I think they're really cool. Eight or 10 cards that right. never existed, but they do in my sets. If I remember, his favorite set to add cards to was the 55 Tops All-American design. He did hundreds of cards in that set, if I remember. 200. 200. And Crystal has has a master set of those. I always thought if somebody had a actual 55 All-American set and then Bob's 200 editions of everybody from President Bush to Zonker Harris and, <laughs> and the Three Stooges, they'd have really something pretty fantastic. How do you think Bob would want to be remembered? I think you've already done it. When you talked about the, the three elements that were so important and, and his impact, I think I mentioned his daughter, the doctor. I think he'd want that. And once he retired, he opened an office in downtown Iola, 2007 or eight, and I would visit his office and he'd show me his newest card creations. 
and I just got a kick out of that. I think he was tremendously proud of even even though he wasn't his style to make a fuss about anything. He was very proud of the catalog, and he was proud of those cards that he made. Does it get any better than that if you've got a, a, a wonderful family legacy and a wonderful hobby yeah. legacy? That's great. That's got and he did it all fighting through physical challenges that would have been too much for <laughs> not just me, but for, I think for a lot of people. Well, T.S., you're pretty tough yourself. As you mentioned, you served in the Navy, so God bless you. You served our country, and you said you served in the Pentagon. So don't cut yourself too short either. There, well, I'm not cutting myself short, but you can't use the word tough in the same sentence with me and Bob Lemke. you got to find some other equivalents because two different ballparks. It just seemed like in those last years, nothing was easy for him. Oh, you, no. you should have seen us driving – the Krause trailer to uh, Cleveland, one of the nationals. When I think we had 2000 copies of the standard catalog and his scooter and back in one of those trailers. And <coughs> anyway, everything was a challenge for him and God love him. He met it. I, it was early on. We were at a road trip in Michigan uh, for a show and I really didn't know him too well, but we were bunking together because Krause was always pretty careful about hotel room money I had watched Bob give himself all these injections and pills and drink his 40 ouncer. He went to bed at nine o'clock and I went out to have a couple of beers and came back 11 or something wanting to be quiet and not disturb him and trying to slip into my bed, which was two beds, but adjacent. And I tried to take off my pants as quietly as I could. And the next thing I got the one leg caught and I'm hopping and I'm pitching forward and I land right on top of <laughs> scared the bejesus out of him and scared me. I thought he was going to fire me because I hadn't been on the job that long, but we got over it. And for a guy who faced the challenges that he did to have some newly hired klutz land on him in the middle of the night was hardly a big deal, but scared me too. Thanks, T.S. Uh, thanks, Bob Lemke, for your contributions to this great hobby over several decades. The man in 